Welcome to Brave Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We're in a series on Sundays going through the Gospel of Mark, but we also want to encourage you, if you live in the area, go to brave.church slash homechurch and check out our home churches that are gathering together around these teachings throughout the week. We believe the kind of church Jesus came to start is more than a crowd. It's friends on a mission living life together. Another great way to connect further is through social media, where there is content designed to inspire and inform you. Here's this week's talk. All right. 1.2 million cups of coffee. That's impressive. I know I drank 1 million of those. Hey, we are so glad that you're here. Uh, last Sunday was a lot of fun. We talked about get your mind right, get your life right. And when somebody asks you how you're doing, how do you respond? You say, I'm terrific, right? Let's do that. I'm terrific. Okay, great. Uh, turn to Mark chapter 9. If you didn't get your program notes, just raise your hands. Uh, the ushers will get those to you. Uh, we love to learn and grow around here. Taking notes helps us do that. So in Mark chapter 9, verse 30, we'll pick up there. It says, they left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet. Because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Jesus asked, hey guys, what were you talking about on the road? And it's just awkward, dead silence, because they're ashamed to admit that they've been arguing over which one of them would be the greatest. Verse 35, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The word servant here means to voluntarily... Choose to attend to the needs of others first. Anyone who wants to be great in the kingdom of God is someone who chooses to voluntarily attend to the needs of others first. And to illustrate his point, Jesus, who is a rabbi, sits down. And whenever a rabbi would sit down or take a seated position, it meant that I'm about to teach you something very important. I'm about to teach you the true essence of greatness. I think everybody wants to be great, but how do you really become great? Verse 36, he took a little child whom he placed among them and taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Teacher said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Have you ever been in a meeting at work or uh, you're leading a meeting and, and you just said something like really important to everybody in the room and then suddenly somebody sabotages the moment, throws a hand grenade into the meeting and asks a question that's completely off topic? You ever been in one of those meetings? Jesus sets up this beautiful illustration for his disciples. He takes a child. He takes a child into his arms and he's holding the child. And Jesus, the rabbi, is creating this very tender moment, this special moment when he says, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And then suddenly John blurts out, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we told him to stop. I mean, does John have Tourette's or what is it? I mean, he like totally misses this moment. And then John goes on. We saw someone driving out demons. We told him to stop because he was not one of us. 
One minute they're arguing about who's the greatest and now who gets in and who's one of us. And Jesus doesn't miss a beat. Verse 39, he says, do not stop him. Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I say, or truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. Now we've all read leadership books or social justice blogs on the value of serving and giving back. And, uh, but today we're going back to the organic source. When Jesus first taught the kingdom value of serving others. It was a radical idea back in his day. And the disciples and the leaders of that day, the religious people and otherwise, they were all in search of power, status, position. No one in that day was saying what Jesus just said. Great leaders serve others. The idea that my motive matters, that my willingness to voluntarily serve others is the best path to greatness Let's be honest, that's really hard for most people to buy into because there's something in all of us that feels like, well, if I give away uh, too much credit, if I give away too much of my time, if I give away too much of my money or, or my effort into this, that, that somehow this is taking away from me and what I have or what my family has. And God says the opposite is true. The kingdom of God says the opposite is true, that you're actually more blessed when you give away more of your life and more of your resources away, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so Team Brave represents all of the teams that serve our community. They are why Brave is so very, very special. Last Monday, Samuel and I went off site to pray and to study for what's coming up in this new Kingdom Values series through the book of Mark. And uh, what we saw in this passage today is a picture of what God wants to do through Team Brave. And it's a value. And it's a, it's a word for our church. Write this in your notes. God's kingdom value is putting others first. Today, we're going to learn three things from this passage. What makes a great teammate? Who gets to play? And what winning looks like? This passage opens with Jesus talking to his team of 12. And he wants them to be great in the way that the kingdom of God defines greatness, putting others first. So number one in your notes, you can write this down. What makes a great teammate? Who is the greatest teammate? Who is the real goat, the greatest of all time, according to Jesus? According to Jesus, the real goat, the greatest of all time is the greatest is the one who serves. Brian Houston's a pastor who pastors one of the most influential Christian churches in the last 100 years. And he said this, what I am a part of is bigger than the part I play. What I am a part of is bigger than the part I play. No matter who we are, the moment we think that the part we play is bigger than what we're a part of, it begins to weaken the unity of our team. It begins to create division. And the motive of any teammate affects the whole or the health of the entire team. The disciples that day, they were, they were trying to position themselves above other members of the team and their value and their worth. And so positioning versus serving others, what does that look like? Positioning asks, what can I get out of this? Serving others says, what can I can contribute? What can I give? Positioning attitude says, did, did I get the credit I deserve? Serving others attitude is, how can I give the credit away? 
Positioning is, did they mention my name? I was waiting for them to mention my name. Did they mention my name? Serving others is, you name and recognize others. Positioning is, I want more for me. Serving others is, I want more for us. Some people have a hard time grasping how giving away credit to others, how how it doesn't somehow take away from their own value and their own worth. Instead, it actually increases it. People who give away credit and encourage and and bless and speak positive words over other people are actually more liked, more loved. The one who wants to be first must become genuinely the servant of all. It's a paradox. It, It actually takes a revelation to get this, what we're talking about. This kingdom value, there's a revelation to it to really grasp it. The disciples were having visions of their own grandeur and and, and miss putting other people first. Barnabas and Paul, they were an incredible team, those two great leaders in the early church. They were both so significant players in their own right. Originally, Barnabas even, even mentored Paul. They each added so much to the team. And one day, they had a bit of a falling out, and Barnabas left. And we, we literally never hear anything again about Barnabas. God had called both Paul and Barnabas. Both had these great gifts. They were better together. But one wanted more for himself. And he didn't get what he wanted, so he left. And guess what? You never hear about him again. And those, that person, I know that guy. I know that woman over all the years of ministry. And I can tell you, when they leave, they think the whole thing's going to fall apart. Whatever the team is, whatever the church is, they think, man, when I leave, I'm going to make a stink and the whole thing's going to fall apart. Listen, Jesus' church will never fall apart. Nobody's that important. A servant of all says, what I am part of is bigger than the part I play. And no one is great at everything. I mean, you know, we all excel in certain areas of our life. I'm really great with a kazoo. If the worship team needs me, I'm there. But I'm not so good on the trumpet or anything else. Teamwork takes everyone's strengths and combines them for this exponential effectiveness together, this multiple compounding effect. We are just waiting for some of you to get involved because you're the tipping point for us. In God's kingdom, the moment you become unteachable on your team, the moment you become, uh, you cannot be easily told what to do. I don't like to be told what to do. The moment that happens, you limit yourself. Or you become above being taught or not wanting to, oh, I don't need to get any better at this. I don't need to work any harder at this. I'm just a volunteer. There's no such thing as just a volunteer in the kingdom of God. The volunteer, the heart of a volunteer is bravery and courage because you're sacrificially, willingly extending your life and giving it away. And so you give your best to Jesus. You're here early. You're here on time because you're giving your best to Jesus. When you forfeit your role on a team, when you get to that place where you say, it's about me more than it is about you, you lose your place in line. You drift away from what God has for you until one day you no longer fit on the team. Churches are full of people that are sitting in chairs throughout this valley who once were really active on their team, but they got offended, they got hurt, they got whatever, I'm going to take my marbles, I'm going to go home, but you're really out of the game. You don't want to be that person. At first, you may think, well, I won by demanding my way. But at the end of the day, you are the one that will lose out. You will be marginalized. 
The devil wants you to be marginalized. He wants you to separate from people. He wants you to pull back. And when you do, there's tragic results. Is there a leader? Is there a coach? Is there a pastor? Is there a friend in your life who loves you enough to look you in the eye and say, you know what? That's a good attitude or that's a bad attitude. That's a great heart or that's a bad heart. Is there someone that's willing to speak into your life and challenge you? If you keep a teachable spirit and understand that you are, what you are part of is bigger than the part you play, then I believe that we can build a beautiful culture together. The kind of team, the, the type of ministries and, and church that will become a magnet to people. The way you see things really matters. You matter to us. And some people, they never see anyone they can serve. Like, I'll serve, but I don't, I, no, I, I, I don't need to do that. I'll serve, but no, I don't need to do that. I'll serve, but I don't want to be under her. I'll serve, but I don't want to be under him. Some people see only those who have earned their service as worthy of being served. They're selective. Few people are willing to just serve everyone. That's what Jesus is talking about, just a willingness to give and extend to all. That's a higher mark. That convicts me. What is your criteria for who you'll serve or when you'll serve or when you'll get involved? What's your criteria? Do you value everyone regardless of their status or whether or not they can benefit you in some way? Are you strong enough to care for and love the weak? Jesus uses the the symbol of a powerless child, draws him in. In the Greco-Roman world, the lowest place of power and prestige was a child. A child had no power, no status, few rights. A child was dependent. A child was vulnerable. And Jesus teaches us all to be the kind of person, to be the kind of person that cares about children. Be that kind of person, that you actually care what's going on with the children. And then he says, when you're that kind of person, when you, when you welcome children, when you'll stop, when you'll care, when you'll serve, when you'll give your life to children, if you have that kind of heart, he says, you bring honor to me. You're actually doing this for me. You're actually serving me. You're actually worshiping me. The greatest thing that we can do is to serve those who are forgotten or who are regarded as insignificant, those who have no influence, no titles, no priority, no importance except to God. It's no mystery that we have godly men and women that serve in our kids' ministry, brave kids. We have a lot of men that serve in our kids' ministry, which is amazing right there. And a lot of women, a lot of people. We're known for our kids' ministry in this valley. We have the, I don't know if you realize this. We have the finest curriculum in the entire nation in kids' ministry. And the word is getting out about the brave kids' team because of their heart. The more men and women who are strong enough spiritually to serve the weak and powerless children, it creates a greater testimony in our own valley. How good are you at giving your time away to the powerless, those who cannot benefit you? The great in the kingdom serves the least among us. Number two, who gets to play? John in the story reports back to Jesus that we caught someone who was not one of us, using your name. And in the ancient world, exorcists used whatever name of deities they thought would work. They were driving out demons in the name of Jesus. These people are not 
one of the 12 commissioned by Jesus. So the disciples are not so much jealous for Jesus' name being used as they are for themselves. It's not just that the man used the name of Jesus. It's uh, that he wasn't one of us. Who Who authorized him to do that? Who gave him permission to do that? Who licensed him or certified him or her to do that? And what's even worse, he was really good at it. Whoever this was that was using the name of Jesus is casting out demons everywhere, right? To the point where people are hearing about him. Ever heard someone say, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. Uh, you, you don't qualify. What school did you go to? Uh, what's your qualifications? In following Jesus at Brave, it's important to know that the ministry of Jesus isn't limited to a select few. That Jesus is always inclusive of others. That there's no special hierarchical value of special qualifications to minister in Jesus' name. Do you know what qualifies you to minister in Jesus' name? The Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit into your life, all things are possible in your life. The Holy Spirit qualifies you. And anyone here can minister and bless in Jesus' name according to the gifts and the character that you have. You see, everyone has spiritual gifts to be discovered. It's ours to get to learn how to use them. And so I invite you next week, fast track, step one, upstairs, we'll be up there. It's the beginning of that discovery. This, the person the disciples were worried about was not one of them, wasn't in their club. But you know, who the, whoever this person was, they're putting in the work. If, if you're working in Jesus' name, you can't be working against Jesus' name. At the same time, while John is worried about the competition and the use of their power, Jesus now shifts the topic back to the humblest act of compassion and says this, I'll tell you the truth. Even the smallest act of hospitality, like giving someone a cup of water in my name, will be rewarded. The hospitality team are being rewarded every Sunday. Every Sunday, they're coming early, they're setting everything up, they're getting the coffee ready, the donuts, the water, everything ready for you every Sunday, and they're being rewarded. What makes a great teammate the one who serves? Who gets to play? Everyone who serves in Jesus' name. Number three, what winning looks like. Everything done in Jesus' name and out of relationship with him has value. Even the giving of a cup of cold water. Wow. This means... This means I can do this, <laughs> right? This means I can, I can win at this. I can, do, I can do a cup of cold water. I can do that. I can, I can stuff programs. I can do something around here to serve. We can all serve somewhere, and there's no task too small, and every small task gets rewarded. That's amazing. We have CEOs here of major corporations that greet people. We have single moms that are my heroes that have to get up early and get their kids here and they're serving and they're here early to serve at Brave. We have NFL quarterbacks that come on uh, clean to clean up the church on church work days and scrub and clean. We have people who struggle around here that have special needs and they have illnesses and yet they show up and they give their best to you serving you. And we have busy people who, man, they have a lot going on too, and yet they open up their homes. They're willing to take time to build community and relationship, and they have this wonderful thing called home church, and they're willing to serve in that way. The least are becoming the greatest through serving. This is beautiful. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. Children matter. 
Handing out water matters. Putting others first is a high kingdom value. And there's an interesting passage in Hebrews that reads like this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, just imagine the largest stadium you've ever seen in the entire universe. He says, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, those that have gone on to heaven, and they're watching us. Let us run with perseverance the race, fixing our eyes on Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross so that you'll not grow weary and lose heart. I want to speak to you who are on the front lines of serving. You're the ones who welcome people, host people, repair things all over the campus, fix stuff, connect people to people, provide directions, pray for people, keep people safe. Uh, Pastor Samuel asked uh, the security team to stand. You can't find the security team. They're so secure. They're, they're undercover. They're not going to stand, you know. They're, they're like out there. They're stealth, you know. They're ninjas, right? You're, you're everywhere. You serve the crowds of people, the entire community. You create the ecosystem, the culture around here. You set the stage for the gospel being preached and our Lord being worshipped every Sunday. People come to Christ here. Families are transformed here. One young man uh, or one young woman who finds Jesus, just think about that. We have a lot of young professionals coming here, and they're finding Jesus. Think of the generational impact of a dad who finds Jesus, gets married, and now has kids and raises them up following Jesus versus a young man who doesn't find Jesus and wonders his whole life. The impact of this is staggering. And I want you to know there's a large crowd watching us work. Verse 1, it says, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We're not alone. Our work and our service is not done in secret. And even when you do small acts of kindness in private, you're never really alone because the great cloud, the great cloud of wisdom goes, hey, look, look, look what she's doing and nobody sees it. Look at what he's doing and nobody sees it. That's amazing. They're putting others first. That's our great heritage. L.V. Rice He's a man that's watching this Sunday. He's part of the great cloud of witnesses. L.V. Rice was six foot four inches. He was a gentle giant of a man. He had huge hands. Every single finger was thick and long. It was like, it was really like a baseball glove. And he had this signature wave that he would wave at everybody and had this big, warm smile. He worked from 5 a.m. in the morning to 5 p.m. every day. And then nearly every day he would come home after work And he would rush down to the church and he would fix things, whatever needed to be done, repair, maintain the house of God, clean it, whatever needed to be done. And he did that every week. He was a volunteer. He was more than that. He acted like I'm an owner and I'm all in. And on Sunday, he would stand at the entrance of the church and he would greet people. And after he greeted everybody, he would come into the inside and he would usher people and help them find seats. He became a fixture, an icon a servant to all. And you knew that every Sunday you could count on it. Your kids could count on it. They would see L.V. Rice and he'd be standing there, this great big grandpa at the entrance to shake everybody's hand, to give them a hug, to help people find their way and make them feel more warm and more comfortable. And every week, week after week, he worked all day long and most evenings. And then he came to the church And he did the maintenance and he did whatever needed to be done. And then on Saturday, he'd show up and he'd clean the house of God. He would paint whatever needed to be painted. And on Sundays, there he stood on the welcoming team. He had a sidekick, a young, freckled-faced little boy that he called Pokey. And Pokey went with him to church. And Pokey would help him clean or hand him whatever tools that he needed. 
Pokey was his little helper. And the story goes that Pokey got his nickname because one day LV was mowing his big lawn. It was about the size of a small football field. And he looked back, and Pokey was way, way back there, this little boy. And he yelled. He said, come on, slow poke. And from then on, LV called him Pokey. LV Rice is one of those who's joined the great cloud of witnesses and is cheering us on every Sunday at Team Brave. When you greet people at the door, when you help people find a seat, when you help connect a person, when you give them a hot cup of coffee, L.V. Rice is cheering you on because he gets it. And I know this because L.V. Rice was my grandpa, and he called me Pokey. And I don't want none of you calling me Pokey. Why did my grandpa voluntarily serve faithfully and consistently? He was doing it for Jesus. He wasn't doing it for the person who asked him to or the person who signed him up or the person that sent him the text or the email, don't forget to serve. You never had to ask him to forget to serve. You know why? He was serving Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He was an icon in the church that I grew up in for one simple reason. He was profoundly grateful to Jesus for saving his soul. He was just so grateful. He was so grateful that he wanted to spend the rest of his earthly life serving God's people. Grandpa Rice's presence every Sunday helped gather people in, helped build people up, helped set the tone for the word of God being preached on the stage by the pastor who was sharing the gospel. People were ready. They felt comfortable. They felt relaxed because of his presence, his consistency, his faithfulness. And part of what helps us reach the people of this valley and brave is when they come, they hear about you. You see, we have people here who are, have stories of faithfulness too, hearts to serve. Some of you are becoming living legends. Don't mess it up. <laughs> Keep going. Keep being faithful. You don't get it for doing three years of home church. You get it for doing 30 years. You don't get it to do it for three years of greeting or loving on kids for three years. You do it for doing 30 years. You do it for serving long term because you're doing it for the right reasons. You don't get burnout loving on people. You don't get burnout helping people. That's the call of God in your heart because you're just so grateful because it's not about you. It's not about your strength. It's not about how you feel every day of your life. It's about what you can do to bless people. You see, real people, people who work jobs like you and I do, people who are busy all week long, people who sin and people who struggle and people who make mistakes, they're remaining faithful at Brave and they're showing up. They have lives just like you. They have reasons why they can't serve just like you. But they jump those hurdles. They break through those walls and they say, I'm in. What can I do around here? How did the first servant leaders in the Bible keep going when things got tough? What, what did they do that, that kept them going when their personal lives were felt overwhelmed like yours does? What makes the difference between someone who serves for three years and someone who serves for 30 years? They kept their eyes fixed on Jesus. They remembered the why, the joy that was set before them. They got the big picture of what's going on. You see, we serve because we're just so grateful. We serve in response to what, what God has done for our lives and our marriages and our families wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for Jesus. And we serve because Jesus Christ has saved our souls and God has created us with purpose. We are blessed to be a blessing. Where does your motivation come from in life? Is it yourself, your family, or is it for others? 
Let's be honest with ourselves right now. Are we serving in Jesus' name? It sounds so simple that even giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name is valuable. But I think Jesus knew that, that even doing this would sometimes be a challenge. Man, I, I can't get there that early to serve coffee. I can't get there for the kids to... Uh. He knew that even just giving a cup of cold water would sometimes be a challenge to us. Sometimes, sometimes I want to give a cup of cold water in, in Darren's name. When I barbecue around the house, I praise myself. I barbecue. I take pictures. I document the whole experience. It's amazing. Look at me. I'm serving my New York steak in the name of Darren. Sometimes we just can't help ourselves. We're serving for the wrong reason. We want it to be, hey, did they notice me? Do they know my name? Oh, they didn't look at me right. She didn't look at me right. I'm out of here. I'm not serving her kid anymore. When Jesus said, even a cup of water in my name, he's in effect saying, the only winning that matters is the winning done in the name of Jesus. That whatever you do, whatever your job is, whatever your employment is, whatever you're doing, that you're doing it for the name of Jesus. That you're working so hard for the name of Jesus. The mission of Brave is helping people find and follow Jesus. What does winning look like? It's so easy and simple and profound. It's teaching brave kids and loving them, having the maturity to to say, I'm in. It's checking in families every Sunday, keeping our church secure around the perimeter, stuffing programs, helping a panicked mom with a crying baby. You know what that feels like. Go help her. Help her find the family view room, AC, surround sound. I mean, it's amazing back there. I wish I could hang out there. Welcoming others with a smile. I'm an owner here. It's my church. I want you to, I want to smile at you in the parking lot, not ignore you in the parking lot. I want to pray for you. I want to serve our community together. Team Brave is making the name of Jesus known in the Bay Area because we're putting others first. And the more of us that do that, the greater the impact for the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me? Go ahead and stand. I want to give you three declarations that I want to end today with. And these are the Team Brave declarations. Uh, We're framing this in every single office because they remind us of why we exist and what we declare as followers of Jesus. The Team Brave declarations. I was born to change the world. I'm part of the greatest cause on earth. And I will give my life to helping people find and follow Jesus. Now let's read that together out loud on the count of three. One, two, three. I was born to change the world. I am part of the greatest cause on earth. I will give my life to helping people find and follow Jesus. This is what being part of Team Brave is all about. For those of you that are on Team Brave, you know what this is like. We're going to close with a song here in a moment, but let's be reminded. Let it sink deep into your soul that God has led you here on purpose. Whatever you think the reason was, whatever your story or narrative of how you found us or got here, it was on purpose. You thought it was by accident, but it was on purpose. For others of you, maybe you're here today. It's time to change direction, to connect to God's higher calling and purpose for your life, to join a team, to put others first, to make a difference. And after this gathering and after we sing in a few moments, 
We've got a festival out on the lawn. We've got cream, ice cream sandwiches. If you've never had cream, ice cream sandwiches, it should be on your bucket list before you go to heaven. Do not head that way. When you go out, head to the right. You're gonna Trust me, there's even vegan ones, whatever that means. But stay a while. Hang out. Be awkward. Get to know other people. Make some friends. Learn about ways that we can be part of changing our world together. Let's sing and worship Him. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's our hope that you will let this message go deep within your soul and allow Jesus to do the work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to partner with us here at Brave. Go to brave.church and become a regular giver and be part of how God is using this message to help people find and follow Jesus.